the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dennis Prager Show. Happiness Hour follows this. I speak a lot about wisdom because good intentions without wisdom generally leads to evil. Wisdom is more important than good intentions because it's extremely difficult to find people who think they have bad intentions. Do you do you know anybody who wakes up thinking, I would like to do bad today? Even people who do bad today don't think that. So the whole notion of having good intentions is, generally speaking, useless. It's worse than useless. It breeds a narcissism because who, as I said, is going to think, gee, I have bad intentions. So I speak a lot about wisdom, and here's one of the key definitions of wisdom, which completely conflicts with the good intentions definition of what makes for good. I say wisdom, and our culture, the woke culture says intentions. I am opposed to racism, therefore I am good. But is what you're doing good? Ah, When you ask if you are doing good as opposed to intend good, you are on the road to wisdom. But here's another defining characteristic of wisdom. What are the consequences of my action? The moment people ask that, they drift away from the left It is the great question that is never asked. What what are the consequences of shutting down schools? They didn't ask that. The spectacularly foolish politicians and scientists and, worst of all, public health officials, people who are on the same category as people who get degrees from teachers' colleges. They don't know how to teach, but they do know how to be foolish. I think public health schools, for the most part, produce spectacularly stupid people. Barbara Ferrer is a perfect example in the county I live, Los Angeles County. They don't ask what are the consequences. So let us close schools. Only one country, it's a very, very sad thing, one country asked the question, will it hurt children more than it will help children. That is a question of wisdom. 
And one country asked it and said, we will not close schools. That country was Sweden. Every other country that I know of shut the schools down and hurt kids terribly, really badly. I don't know if they will recover. I hope they do. I don't know if they will. As it is, most of our schools teach you almost nothing because they're spending too much time. No, because they're spending so much time, not too much time, on teaching children to loathe their country and to express the correct pronoun because they really may not be a boy or a girl. This is what many, many awful, awful human beings called teachers are doing. Some teachers are wonderful human beings, for those of you who do not understand the purpose of generalization. What are the consequences? That is why in April 2020, and you can see it on the internet, I tweeted and wrote a column on the worldwide lockdowns being the greatest mistake in world history. The greatest world mistake, if you will, I made it clear, it's not the same thing as an evil, right? Hitler attacking Austria and Czechoslovakia and Poland were greater evils. I'm not talking about evils. Anyway, from Hitler's perspective, it wasn't a mistake. This is a mistake. Masking children, masking adults is a mistake. They don't ask the price paid. Children will not see a face all day in the most impressionable years of their lives. So what? That's that's the mindset of the fools who guide public health policy. We don't give a damn about children. We only care about better safe than sorry. Study after study is coming out now. I mean, it, it's we're being inundated with these studies. Here, this one reported in the American Experiment, North Dakota study. I wonder if this will be reported in the New York Times. When I say that the mainstream media serve the same purpose as Pravda did to the Communist Party in the Soviet Union, I, I am not engaging in hyperbole. The purpose of the New York Times is to advance an agenda, not to report the news. Do you think this study will be reported? Now, I haven't checked, so it is an interesting question. And if I'm proven wrong, it's not a good thing. So what would you bet if you had to bet New York Times, Washington Post, Los Angeles Times, CNN, NPR, PBS, they will or will not report this North Dakota study. A new study on masks in schools is found limited to no impact on student COVID-19 cases. The study engaged in a natural experiment of two adjacent K-12 districts in Fargo, North Dakota, one that had a mask mandate during the fall of 2021-22 school year and one that did not. That winter, both districts had a masks option policy. The results? The study's three authors answered, we observed no significant difference between the student case rates 
By the way, that's just case rates. Of course, it doesn't talk about it. Was it serious? Because very few kids got serious COVID. COVID was generally a very old people's horror. We observed no significant difference between student case rates while the districts had differing mask policies, nor while they had the same mask policies. Our findings contribute to a growing body of literature which suggests school-based mask mandates. Hey, try to say that. School-based mask mandates. School-based mask mandates. School-based mask mandates. You can't. Just thought I'd share that with you. Have limited to no impact on the case rates of COVID-19 among K-12 students. Both schools... Both school districts studied, Fargo Public Schools and West Fargo Public Schools have similar student demographics, and so on. The results are consistent with other studies. Multiple observational studies of school mask mandates and a systemic, systematic review of medical or surgical cloth masking for influenza. So, just thought I would share that with you. But it doesn't mean a damn thing to these people. As I've told you, the world of the left, since Vladimir Lenin to America today, has always built on, built on the lie. Truth is not a left-wing value. It's a liberal value. It's a conservative value. It is not a left-wing value. So, we are told regularly, and another example of a lie, going to wind and solar will create millions of jobs. Hmm, really? Electric cars will create millions of jobs? Really? Since the lithium battery that powers the cars is made in China, lithium is found in China overwhelmingly, how exactly is it going to make millions of jobs in America? Well, it turns out the Wall Street Journal headline, The False Green Jobs Promise, Ford May Lay Off 8,000 Workers to Meet Its Federal Electric Vehicle Mandate. Yes, it's an amazing thing. People don't want electric cars, by and large. So the government of the left forces companies to make them. And so, since it costs so much to make them, They're just laying off workers. To which the left's answer is, so what? Rising interest rates, stock volatility, out-of-control inflation. People are concerned about what the future holds financially. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. There's no better time than the present to move a portion of your IRA into precious metals. Gold and silver IRAs are more popular than ever, and dealers are advertising heavily for your business. You should know there's a right and a wrong way to set up your precious metals IRA. Mistakes could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars in IRS fines. Nick Grovich 
Rich, man I completely trust, owner of Amfed Coin and Bullion, has agreed to send you a concise report about how to set up your IRA and how to get the best bang for your buck. Nick and his team will be happy to help you set up your precious metals IRA or review your current account. Call Amfed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694 for your free IRA report and all your precious metals needs. AmericanFederal.com. That's AmericanFederal.com. The wrecking of the society by the environmentalist movement and the whole left in their fantasy world of wind and solar. They live in a fantasy world. The fantasy world, it, it, it's an unbelievable thing. I don't, I don't know why one wants to inhabit a fantasy world. The immaturity of this world stinks. It's immaturity that is a guiding principle. When you think of Gavin Newsom, do you think of a mature man? Just, just to use one example, I have a maturity radar detector, and it, it's almost invariably people on the left are sort of like children living in a fantasy world. This world stinks, but I want, I want a make-believe world, and my make-believe world people just decide at any time in their lives, especially when they're children, whether they'll be a boy or a girl. It's a very demanding thing to be what you really are biologically. So we, we don't want to live in the world where it's determined for me that I am a boy or a girl by biology. In the fantasy world that I have everything will be guided by a benevolent state. It will tell me what to do medically. It will tell me what to do financially. It will tell me what to do pedagogically. I don't have to do anything. I won't have to work hard. It's a fantasy world, the fantasy world of solar and wind. That's, it's a fantasy world. Nuclear power is not a fantasy world. Had they done that, I'd be fine with it. But they, they prefer the fantasy. Oh, if you don't want to do that, you're bad. So we'll just force you. The government tells the, 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 the car makers, who like it, oh, virtually every company is governed, is run by cowards. And they have just let off 8,000 workers at Ford 100% because of the mandates that they produce electric vehicles at a certain number. Folks, when I think about climate change, and I've been saying this for three years, I think jobs, President Biden said Wednesday. President Biden is a liar. He doesn't just lie. Everybody tells lies on, on occasions, hopefully rarely. He's a liar. Then why is Ford Motor Company planning to lay off thousands of workers to, f- to fund its government-mandated electric vehicles? Bloomberg broke the news Wednesday that the Detroit automaker is preparing to slash as many as 8,000 jobs 
to boost the company's profits to finance its EVs, electronic or electric, excuse me, electric vehicles, that are struggling to make money. Ford plans to spend $50 billion to make 2 million EVs annually by 2026. $50 billion to make 2 million vehicles. You know how many they sold last year? So again, here's the, here's the stat. 2 million vehicles in four years from four in four years from now 2026 how many do you think they made how many electronic vehicles electric vehicles did they make last year so again if it's going to be two million in four years you would think mm, half a million right four times as many here's the number 27,140. That's how many it sold last year. Didn't sell it to me. I don't want to give China and its slave labor the money to make lithium batteries. It is astonishing that if you know anything about how an electric car is made, you would think that you are doing something moral by buying one. You have to go to college to learn that lie. High school dropouts don't believe it. The $50 billion has to come from somewhere, and that somewhere is its internal combustion engine vehicles, which CEO Jim Farley said in March need to, quote, be more profitable to fund this. That means job cuts and perhaps price increases too. Of course they will be. Of course. It is not unusual for businesses to use profits from one division to finance investments that aren't expected to pay off for many years. New technologies can generate labor efficiencies. The United Auto Workers Union estimates that increasing EV, electric vehicle manufacturing, could result in the loss of 35,000 union jobs because it requires fewer parts. So that's an interesting point. So is the United Auto Workers Union on the environmentalist bandwagon? I'm going to look this up during the break. UAW positions on electric vehicles. As I've said, major black civil rights groups don't care about blacks. Feminist groups don't care about women. And labor, big labor, doesn't care about workers. That's the way it works. It's always been that way with the left. They use the group in whose name they speak for money and power. We shall return. I'm Dennis Prager. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found that out around 2006, and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work, and that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton, and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. 
six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code Prager. Or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code Prager. It's the happy, 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 happy hour. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a moral as well as emotional commitment to the happiness hour because happiness is a moral issue, not just an emotional one. Happiness is a virtue. Original lyrics. It's the happy, happy, Happy Hour, my friends, it's 1999. Every single Friday, the second hour of the Dennis Prager Show is devoted to happiness. You know that periodically I have received an email or even been told in person, love your show, Dennis, but not not too keen on the happiness hour. Of course, 95% of people say it's their favorite hour, but that's fine. It's the 5% I find fascinating. They don't quite understand because they're they're preoccupied totally uh, uh, understandably and in some cases admirably with what is going on in on daily events and so the the happiness hour seems to be a sort of outlier and it is to us but I would say sort of it's not really among my shows what they don't understand is that if if everybody pursued happiness. And indeed, if everybody acted happy, the society would solve most of its problems. It's the miserable who ruin the society. Ask parents of miserable children who ruins the family, and you get the, you get the idea, my friends. The miserable play an awful role in our lives on a mi- micro-level and in our lives on a macro level. There is nothing I do that is better for the society than increase the number of happy people to the extent that I do. That's how important I consider this. So for those of you preoccupied with the social breakdown that is taking place, please understand happy people don't destroy. That's so obvious that as I used to say, I don't say it anymore, and I don't know why. Maybe because it's, things are less obvious, but I don't know. I used to say, you know, folks, I really get paid well to say the obvious. That's one of the obvious things. Happy people don't destroy. So you should be, if you're worried about the destructive elements in our society, and you should be worried about them, it is worth noting that this hour is the greatest antidote that we have. The happy don't destroy. That's an important that's an important notion. So related to that, 
is a a notion I hit upon as I work on the fourth of my five books, my five volumes of Bible commentary, the most important things aside from my book, Still the Best Hope, which explains America and the left and and Islamism, the, the notion that Sharia should govern society's law. It's three books in one, Still the Best Hope. But aside from that, it's my Bible commentary that has my life's work contained therein in the greatest books ever written, the Bible, specifically the first five books. They are primus inter pares, first among equals. So I am working on the book of Numbers, the fourth book. Not a, not exactly an enticing title for a book, Numbers. It's too bad. It's a great book. It should have taken the Hebrew name in the wilderness. But can't have everything. So there's a story there of Moses sending 12 scouts, called spies in general, to the land of Canaan, which will become Israel, which will become the promised land. And there are 12 because of 12 tribes of Israel. And even if you're an atheist, you, sh- you, you should just know it is worth learning from the wisest books ever written. He sends them in, and ten of them come back with a report. We can't do it. We can't conquer the place. They're giants. We are like grasshoppers compared to them in their eyes. So this uh, this God that uh, we believe in, yeah, it's true. Ten plagues in Egypt. Yeah, he split the sea and gave us manna every day, food from, from heaven, as it were. But... This promise he won't fulfill of getting us into Canaan. Okay. One of the commentators of the many, many commentators that I read, in order to clarify my own thinking and often learn from them, made a very powerful point. The sin of the spies was not simply that they came back with a report that God's promise is useless, we can't get in there. It's a pretty bad thing. Worse, he said, there is one sin that God really does not tolerate. Despair. And they spread despair. So I want to devote the happiness hour to combating despair in you, when you see what is happening in America and generally in the West, it is easy to despair, and the people who are wrecking the greatest civilization ever made want you to despair. So I want to speak of an anti-despair attitude that you should take for your own happiness and in order to prevail in the battle of our lifetime, the battle to preserve liberty and happiness and joy 
and the Western world and America. It's a big battle. It's the biggest battle of your lifetime. Bigger than any hot war that we have fought is this internal war. So it's easy to despair when Disneyland won't say boys and girls anymore. And you realize the battle is really serious. And I, I feel it. I feel it just like you do. I combat despair. Because it is a sin to despair. Reminds me of the old joke told about Calvin Coolidge, who was not a man of many words. After going to church one Sunday, his wife or friend, who did not go to church that day, said, uh, what did the pastor speak on? And he said, sin. What did he say? He's against it. <laughs> so, uh, in, uh, in keeping with that, if you're against sin, you must be against despair. Therefore, more than ever, you have a moral duty to pursue happiness. Un until the recent past, I still believe there's a moral obligation to act happy even if you don't feel it, to pursue happiness. Happy people don't destroy. Happy people build. Happy people bring happiness to other people. Think about a miserable child you have and the, the, the wrecking of family happiness that has occurred as a result. I, of course, believe that you should not have your happiness be held hostage by your most miserable child. I am adamant about that. The natural tendency is to be no happier than your least happy child. I believe that you have to fight the natural tendency in that regard. I've dedicated a fair amount of time to that proposition, and will certainly do so again. But it, whatever it is, you know the wrecking that these people can do. Well, you will become a wrecking ball if you despair. It will wreck your happiness and will wreck the happiness of people around you. So how do you not despair? You might have some thoughts on that, by the way. one eight Prager 776 I do. That's the theme of today's Happiness Hour. It is forbidden from the proposition of the pursuit of happiness and even from the standpoint of, if you are religious, what God wants from you. And that is not to despair. We resume. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So I told you the topic, it's despair, and that you can't despair, which is essentially giving up. And obviously... It has strong elements of sadness to it. Um, I despair. So I give up. And that's uh, that's not allowed. So here is the... Here is one of the commentators, a theologian named David L. Stubbs of the Western Theological Seminary. On the book of Numbers, the fourth book of the Bible, the Brazos Theological Commentary on the Bible... And it really, it was really powerful. I, I love writing my Bible commentary. I am much, just to be personal for a moment, and most of you will not relate to this, but who, those of you who are religious, and, and I recognize that and I respect that. I am not trying to convince anyone of anything. I'm merely being personal. I I am I have never gotten into much into I do pray but not much and uh, I uh, I study a great deal and in a nutshell I'm more interested in what God has to say to me than what I have to say to God so that's that's why the study of the Bible is my road to the divine. This is this man is a Christian theologian, has a very powerful line about the spy story that I just told you earlier. They go into the promised land and they come back, ten of the twelve spies, we can't conquer it. And you can imagine what that set off. It set off another rebellion against Moses and Aaron and and God, as it were, among the Israelites. So listen to the paragraph on this subject. It it really hit me. Given the centrality of this rebellion in the story of God's people, it is fascinating to realize that the sin that stops Israel from entering the promised land is not pride, the primal sin of Adam and Eve that lost their, their home in the garden, nor is it sexual sin, envy, or greed, It is despair. Despair stemming from lies and fear leads the people to reject the whole promised land project. The goal that God's work in Israel has been leading up to since God called Abram in Genesis. It is a rejection of the entire covenant relationship between Israel and God. The big sin is despair. Wow, that hit me. That's why I'm doing this happiness hour on that basis. If you despair the whole substitute America here, the whole American project you're giving up on. And that's that's wrong. 
What are you going to do? You're going to go, you're going to go to Normandy Beach and tell the thousands and thousands of 20-year-olds lying in graves? Well, your sacrifice wasn't worth it. What the uh, enemies of America externally in World War II couldn't achieve, the enemies of America internally will achieve, and I'm, I'm not fighting anymore. That's what despair means. I won't fight anymore. That's, that's the issue today, and I, uh, I, am, uh, I am talking about that in part because I'm talking to myself. You know, I talk about this every day. I write about this every day. I give lectures about this every week. And I'm not despairing. That that you can't do. That you can't do. All right, let's see. Uh, Charlotte in Walhalla, South Carolina. Hello, Charlotte. Hello, Dennis. First, let me say it is such an honor to actually speak to you. Uh, You give me a lot of joy and hope in these days and times. So thank Thank you you. for speaking to me. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, We're talking about despair and... I'm wondering, I don't have a dictionary in front of me, how how you really define despair in in the sense of being a sin. I know I I'm typically a very positive person, but I do mourn. I I am sad over some things, but where is that line where it's actually despair? You mean what is the definition? Is that what you're asking? Yes, sir. Right. So I, I, while you said that, I, I quickly looked it up, and the first definition that came up, which I, I think is good, hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, uh, there you go. I, I think that that's, that's right. And, and what that leads to is not only, of course, terrible uh, unhappiness, even depression, but it leads to the victory of those that are causing the despair. You can't do anything better for the people who loathe liberty and loathe America than despair. That mm-hmm. that is their dream. And you so I am speaking to you all both on on the level of happiness as emotion or despair as emotion and as despair as a as a loss to the forces that are are ruining the forces that believe that you destroy everything i don't know where it comes from it it it, it does seem to argue for the demonic and the human experience dallas texas and doug hello yes sir good morning dennis hi i'm curious if you would please speak to how you and you have a little bit, but just how you handle despair um, and confront the frustration in light of the fact that of so much societal naivete in that, uh, you know, if a large enough percentage of the population believes 
what corporate media tells them, you know, they're they're not living in reality. And how do you even begin to to explore with those people that what they're being propagandized to believe is is just not so? Right. Well, those are two those are two separate issues. How do you fight despair, and how do you fight uh, horrible ideas in in the people in your life? Here's a hint. Hug everybody that is a kindred spirit. About you, about me, about life, about death. Yes, but first, enjoy the music. Yep, this is the hour, the third hour every Friday, whatever's on your mind. Don't be insulted if I drop your call. It's not personal for any host of reasons. It may just not be a subject I want to talk about. I don't talk about... I do talk about everything, but I don't talk about everything. (laughs) I don't know if that was at all a possibility. It seems to be a self-contradictory statement. 1-8-Prager-776-877-243-776. I am looking at yesterday's Wall Street Journal, the physical edition. I actually get physical as well as digital. So uh, the uh, there's a picture here of the three winners. The U.S. men, this is in track led by Fred Curley, swept the 100-meter race. Marvin Bracey Williams won the silver, and Trayvon Brommel took the bronze. So uh, this, uh, where did this place, where did this take place, in Oregon? The uh, This was a USA team, Team USA sweep of the men's shot put, this was a track, the ones, the names that I just mentioned to you. The U.S. men have improved on several fronts. The U.S. men, led by Fred Curley, swept the 100-meter race. Men won five of Team USA's nine and medals, the best single-day total by any nation at the track world championships. So that's what's taking place, the track world championships. Why am I mentioning this to you? So the three winners in track are black Americans, and they are all celebrating with the American uh, flag. It's quite a remarkable picture. I'm going to try to get it and put it up at my website. See, this is the sort of thing that should be shown widely. For those of you who can... I'm sure that it's in the digital edition. You could see the picture as well. Type in, I guess, Fred Curley, K-E-R-L-E-Y, Wall Street Journal, U.S. Men's Track. That that should bring it up. Because if you leave it to black leadership or any leadership in this country, leadership in this country is moribund in every arena, civil rights, uh, all, all of them, you know, the feminists, the gay, 
the the uh, what the feminist, gay, and civil. Yeah, that so that's black. You pretty much got it. Oh, the Asian American activists. All these human rights activists are uh, make a great living by complaining about a wonderful country. It's a very, very destructive way to live a life. I am here to find flaws in what is essentially good. And for that, I earn my upkeep. So you would, you know, you can get the impression that there's this tremendous anger in America, in black black American life. And there is some, there's no question. It's very sad. There's a lot. Of, there's anger at America and white American life. Pro- probably at least as much. Anyway, it's a beautiful picture. That and this is this is a classic example of a picture is worth a thousand words. So whatever is on your mind, this is the hour. If you can get in, it's it's a great. Uh, it's a great. Uh, way to uh, talk to me about anything. Bakersfield, California, and Jay, hello. 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 I'm trying for the record, folks. I think the record was five. Uh, Jay, you're on the radio. You're taking a lot of time. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm talking to, to me, Ray, or Dennis. Yeah, who did you want to talk to? Maybe you called the wrong uh, number. No, Dennis, I want to talk with you. Okay, you're on. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, you were talking about the, uh, excuse me, James Webb Telescope. Right. And uh, you got it down to whether it proves or not proves that there's a god. Well, no, there's no such thing as proof in either direction, whether it argues for, but go ahead. Okay, I'll accept that. And uh, it certainly doesn't argue for the God of the Old Testament that we in the West are used to. Because? Because because we can see the universe. Well, we can see much more of it. And therefore? Therefore, a young person who's coming to of age of 12 years old when they're going to start thinking seriously about God or something else that's not going to persuade them that there's a God. The big, the, the, well, the God. big, the big bang is a, is a big argument for the Old Testament God. No, just the perception of it, the vastness of it. We don't think about God in those terms or what we haven't in traditionally we think about him as a guy in the sky who comes down and punishes us for our sins. Yeah, I do. That, you're you're that, describing that, that. That is the God I believe in. I agree. Well, if God that, doesn't punish people God for sins, persuasive. God is useless. That, that God is not persuasive when you see the uh, the universe. Well, there, there, it's a non sequitur. I don't know what the universe has to do with whether or not there is a God who punishes evil and rewards good. Well, why if the universe were small, would, would that argue for it? Well, it's a lot easier to understand if we think there's a 
God that creates a rainbow to show us there's not going to be any more floods. Mm. We didn't know what the, where the end of the rainbow was. We know where it is now. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm glad you called. Very few people, in my opinion, come to atheism for rational reasons. And a lot of people don't come to God for rational reasons. I am a big believer in the use of reason. I come to God through reason. But a lot of atheists don't either. You know, I had... And it was an honor. I, I'll never uh, stop praising this atheist group for inviting me to their national convention, I don't know, 15 years ago maybe in Minneapolis. I, I think it was Atheists United, but I don't remember the name of the organization. the biggest atheist organization. To their credit, they invited me to debate the head of their organization. I don't think they ever put it up on the Internet, which is too bad. But in any event... At one point, I looked at the audience, all of whom were atheists, and I said, would you raise your hand if, if you ever doubt your atheism? I suspect it's not a question that any of them had been asked before. In other words, if you see the birth of a baby, does that make you think, whoa, that's that really does seem to be a miracle. Maybe there is a God. Anyway, no, not one hand went up. They never doubt. They never doubt their atheism. I have spoken to many religious audiences, and I've asked them, "Do you ever doubt your faith?" And almost every hand goes up. So it's. It, I really do believe that more believers, at least in this country, in God have come to God for rational reasons than atheists have come to atheism for rational reasons. And it is not meant in any way disrespectfully, but I think the last call exemplified that, and it's for that reason that I'm even making this point. 1-8 Prager, seven seven six. we continue. Take your calls in a moment. We have a five-year-old on the line. It happens, but it's rare. I will acknowledge that. But I do have a large, very young audience, interestingly. And now we go to five-year-old Elisa in Medina, Ohio. Hello, Elisa. Hi. 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 Uh, I'm sorry? Hi. Hi. Is your your mom is on the line too? We're making Otto's tales. You're reading Otto's tales. Uh-huh. What? I like to watch them. Oh, you like to watch them? That's wonderful. So I'm the Dennis in the Otto tales. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Did you really have gray hair when you were a kid? I know, that's a very often asked question. 
and uh, I had very dark brown hair. So that kid is sort of me as a little kid with my white hair. But the glasses are correct. <laughs> Interesting. It is. I'm glad you watch, and I'm glad you you uh, like Otto. I will tell Otto. I will see Otto in a few hours. Okay? Tell my aunt I said hi. I certainly will. Thank you. Pringer you has a lot of stuff for little kids. It's a perfect example. It's very healthy, beautiful stuff. Go to PragerU and see what, what we do with kids. Otto is my bulldog. Many of you know it from my fireside chat, which has had millions and millions of views. I do it every week. And next to me is my trusty bulldog, Otto, who is truly the most famous dog in America. And as I, off, as I have often noted, it has not gone to his head. He remains the same Otto despite his fame. You never know in life that I'll have. If somebody would have said to me, you know, one day you will, ha- you will be the owner of the most famous dog in America, I would have thought that I had lost money to a palm reader. All right, let's see here. Okay. Uh, Steve in San Diego, California. Hello. Hey, Dennis. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Listen, you you and Julie are national treasures, and I want to let you know I'm sending you guys a partial collection of tops flag cards that I found on eBay, and I, I, I searched it and found it because you guys didn't think you could get them anymore. So Julie gave me the address. I'll be sending them off to you. That's really sweet of you. I'll explain to everybody what you're referring to. So when you say partial set, that's fascinating. There's no complete set? I couldn't find any. I think there are 30 cards in this particular set that I ordered. How many? Um, I'm sorry. How many? I think I think it's around thirty. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, no, they had a lot more. It's really sad. Like, like most uh, Americans of my age, my mother threw out my card collection. <laughs> well, I, I almost had that happen. I have a mammoth set of the old Beetle bubblegum cards during from the Beatles, and I've still got those. And I don't know what they're worth, but I there I didn't them. even know that there were Beatles cards. Beetle bubblegum cards, yeah, you get five in a pack, and they had pictures of them on tour, and then they had pictures from their two movies, and uh, some are black and white, some are color. I've got a whole mess of those, and, and Beatles magazines, and all kinds so of how So how do you like the Dennis and Julie podcast? I love it, and uh, I, I, I actually watch it, because I like watching the two of you guys interact. Yeah, I agree with that. What, uh, I, yeah, yes. you guys, are, but you guys are national treasures. I got to tell you, and I'm so glad. I, you're my friend, even though I've never met you. you you're, you're my buddy. <laughs> I am your buddy. I believe that. Thank you. Let me tell everybody again. I do a weekly podcast with a 22 year old woman, young woman. Almost tempted to say girl, but she's an old soul in a very young body. 
I, I have found a treasure in finding Julie. And our interaction is unique. I've never co-hosted anything in my life. So go to the Dennis and Julie podcast, and I do think it's worth watching. And, and I, I never mislead you. I never say things f- for sake of advertising or, or revenue or whatever. If I don't believe it, I don't say it. It's called Dennis and Julie. You can watch it on YouTube, and you can get it at the Salem Podcast. I think it's Network. Is that what it is? Salem Podcast Network? Is that the name? There are a lot of Salem things there. Salem Podcast. Salem, just, no, not, it's not just Salem Podcasts. I think it's, maybe that's how you could find it, but I think it's got a bigger name than that. The reason I don't remember is we have we have Salem News and Salem Podcast and Salem whole post of any. Yeah, that's it. Salem, I knew it. Salem Podcast Network dot com. That's where you can listen to Dennis and Julie. You can watch it by finding it on YouTube. It's worth both are worth it. Okay, let's see here. Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Eric, hello. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, I have an oldest best friend who is who has a, a daughter who is uh, getting married next month. Uh, his firstborn daughter is getting married. I have attempted to contact him and wanted to ask his favorite cigar because I'm going out to Pennsylvania uh, to his daughter's wedding. And it seemed appropriate that... Uh, does that he I smoke heard, cigars? Uh, he, she does not. He does. But you're uh, getting it for him. Yes. Yeah, yes, so so just uh, ask him, what's your favorite cigar? Of course, of course. But uh, my question is, uh, if you were going... Uh, uh, okay, I'll tell you when we get back. <laughs> Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at Pragertopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.